Hello, this is Justin Coleman, Senior Pastor at University UMC, and this is our podcast. I hope these messages engage your mind, touch your heart, and inspire you to serve God and your neighbor. Check us out online at universityumc.church. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks to our children for that great reading of God's Word, and thanks to Charlie and Rebecca for that uh, literally colorful children's time. That was awesome. Today we begin a new sermon series titled, God at Work at Work. God at Work at Work. And as we prepare to do so, please go with me to the Lord in prayer. Gracious Lord, I pray that you would speak through me and perhaps even in spite of me. And so let the humble words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable and pleasing to you, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. In the midst of this sermon series, this three-week sermon series, we're going to be talking about three major questions uh, each week. And so this first week is, uh, what do you, why do you want to work? Why would you want to work? Or what do you need so that your work life can be a fulfilling one? That's week one. Week two is, why is it so hard to work? Are there so many frustrations as we do our work? And then week three is, how can we overcome the difficulties and find satisfaction in our work through the gospel and through our faith? And so that's the, the scope of these three weeks. So work, and let's, let's have a little bit of a, some humor as it relates to work. All right, so where does a pirate get their favorite work-related content? A webinar. Yep, you enjoyed that one. All right. <clears throat> Why did the candle quit his job? This one's easy. He was burnt out. That's right. He was burnt out. All right, so this is, uh, this is for the scientific folks here. So why do biologists wear, or what do biologists wear to work on casual Friday? Jeans. Ah, yeah, see, that was a good one. Don't, don't, don't want to leave uh, the mathematicians out here. <clears throat> so not all math puns are terrible. Just some. I know, it, it just gets worse from here, friends. All right, so here's one, here's one for everybody. Finally, this is a knock-knock a joke that everybody can participate in, just for those folks who are um, English-minded uh, here as far as uh, the study of it. So, knock-knock. Two. No, it's to whom? To whom? Okay, that's enough. I'm, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. All right. So work. Work. We often think of work as, as something that's not good. We, sometimes people will say work is a necessary evil. In the ancient myths, uh, in the myths of humanity, there's stories that, that talk about work. And, and like Pandora's box, uh, you, you open up the box and all these kinds of things come out of the box that you don't want to come out of the box. And one of those 
is work. Work is one of those things that emerges from Pandora's box. Uh, when you look at uh, mythology, Greek mythology, Roman mythology, there's these gods who create people to do work so that the gods can be, um, can enjoy leisure. And so, so in so many of the, the ancient myths of, of the world, there's this idea that, that work is something that you don't really want to do, and leisure is the thing that you really want to do, even in philosophy. Uh, Aristotle would say that, well, work, particularly work with your hands, um, work that someone has to physically do, physical labor, is the work that you give to people who uh, aren't high-minded enough to think high and lofty thoughts. And so, uh, if, if you're a person who has great intellectual capacity, leisure is what you need, because you need time to think, right? And, well, if you don't have those kinds of capacities, do manual labor. You see how we, we create this distance between ourselves and our work, and we even create Unfortunately, a class system related to various kinds of work. But in the Christian tradition, in in the Judeo-Christian tradition, this is not how this works. Right here at the very beginning of the Bible, we have this story. And this story is meant to teach us something about the way things are, or, or the way things should be. And so at the very beginning, as it comes to, when it relates to work, we see that God works. God created. So it's not like uh, uh, gods create people and the people uh, do all the work, but we see these days, sequential days, where God works. And it At every interval, God pauses and God says, this work is tov, tov, T-O-V. That's Hebrew for good. This work is good. At every interval, God will say this work is good and God works for these six days and after everything is is created, including humanity, God says, oh, this this is very good. And then God rests on the seventh day from God's work. God created work, and it was good. And we see from the passage that was read earlier, before what we in theology today call the the fall, that is sin entering into the world, eating of the fruit that was forbidden for Adam and Eve to eat from, Before that happened, God created work for humanity. And God says, I'm going to, I've created. And now, as I look at this humanity that I've created in my image, I'm also going to give you work to do in the midst of the garden. So work wasn't meant to be some hardship, some punishment. No, work was a part of the goodness of all creation. God created work and called work good. This is why I think it is so hard for us 
in various ways when people cannot work or cannot work in the ways that they desire to work. I think uh, particularly as we, as we age, right? So you, you're, you're part of the, the, the workforce, you're doing all the things, and then you retire, and then um, for a little while, people that you used to work with call you and they ask your opinions about things. Uh, and then over time, uh, they stop calling. And so, well, you, you call them and they still take your call so you can give unsolicited advice about things. Uh, and, and then after a while, even that stops. And you feel more and more isolated. And at a certain point, so many people, I've, I know this as I've, I've talked to so many uh, congregants, at a certain point you say, I, I just don't know what I'm supposed to be doing with, um, with my life. It's because, in some sense, we were created to work. And in the natural rhythms of things, in the natural rhythms of societies, at every age and stage of life, there is some kind of common work or vocation for every age and stage. When you're a child, your responsibility is to soak it in. And that's what children do. They, they come into a space and they, they look around, they take in information. I love it when, um, when there's a little child um, who's in the pew and they just turn around and they just stare at you. Some of y'all have experienced this in church and they're just watching everything that you do. Well, they're learning. They're learning from you. That's their job at that age is to, to take it all in and learn. And then as we're, uh, as we're young adults and, and middle-aged adults, uh, what we do is we, uh, we maintain and we expand the, the work that is necessary to, to keep our society going, uh, to keep it flourishing. And so this is the, the largest part of the workforce fits into those broad uh, age ranges. And then again, as you think about our earliest societies, think about tribal societies today. This is how it works. So children learn and soak in and, and learn to emulate those who are older. You've got this large part of the workforce that is, that is doing a lot of work to maintain the civilization. And then the work of those who are older is then to pour into those who are younger by offering wise counsel. Um, and by taking care of children. In this way, life is a crescendo. You crescendo all the way to the end. Your, your impact is felt all the way through your life. And, and part of the challenge today is, is that we're disconnected from that. And so I love the work of Miss Rebecca and, and children's ministry team and senior adult team as they work to create intergenerational uh, activities so that, so that we can overcome some of this distance that is created in our society that, that we experience in it, and it makes us feel disconnected with the, the normal vocations that we might have as different age cohorts. Because again, work is important. Not just the work that you do to, to, to earn a living, but there's the work of learning. Uh, there's the, the work that you experience in the, the workforce. There's a the work of volunteering. There's a the work of giving back and pouring into others. All of this is meaningful work. And all of this is work that God calls good. 
God dignifies work. And what we see in this creation story is God dignifying work. So there's, there's no class snobbery in this. All work is meaningful. All work is meaningful. I mean, think about, think about the last meal that you ate and the work that it took to make that meal possible. Uh, think about uh, the production, the processing, the distribution, the retailing that made possible your consumption. Think about that domino effect of the farmer and the harvester, the distribution center, the, the delivery drivers, the stockroom people, the cashiers, all this kind of ordinary work that is God's gift to us and it's through this work of others that God takes care of us, that God resources us. All work is important. All work is a gift from God. Colossians 3 will say, whatever you do, do it from the heart for the Lord and not for people. Again, whatever you do, do it from the heart for the Lord and not for people. You know that you will receive an inheritance as a reward as you serve the Lord Christ. So your work is supposed, your faith is supposed to affect your work. Faith at work uh, is not just about sharing your faith or sharing your testimony. And let's be honest, some of us feel uncomfortable doing that at a lunch meeting. Hey, let me tell you about my faith. I mean, sometimes we do, sometimes we don't. But, but faith at work, it's more about how you do your work and who you do your work for. Working as unto the Lord, as Colossians will encourage us. So how do you how do you honor God at work? How are you honoring God in your work? How do you do that? Well, you do it simply by doing it well. If your work is school, do it well. <laughs> if your work is volunteering, do it well. If you've got a job in the workforce, do it well. If, if, if your work is, is taking care of those grandkids, do it well. I mean, it's going to tire you out, but do it well. Um, whatever the work is, we do it well. As we tend to the garden that's in, um, in our yard, we, we do it well no matter what the work is. We do it to honor God, not people, as Scripture would say. We don't even do it to lift ourselves up, to make ourselves look good. We first and foremost do it to honor God. John Coltrane um, wrote in his liner notes uh, of a, an album, Love Supreme, he says, During the year 1957, I experienced a spiritual awakening which was to lead me to a richer, fuller, more productive life. At the time, in gratitude, I humbly asked to be given the means and the privilege to make others happy through music. I feel this has been granted through God's grace. May God help and strengthen all people in every good endeavor, he goes on to say. I mean, if you read the liner notes 
there in their, in their complete form, what Coltrane, who's this amazing saxophone uh, player, uh, says is, for a part of my life, I was doing my work for me. I was doing it so that I could receive applause, so people could think I was great. But then I had this, this really conversion experience of sorts. And then I started to do my work for God and to make others happy as I did this work. It became not about me, but it became about giving glory to God and serving others through my work. Music became an offering to God. So again, as you do your work, whatever that work may be, how are you doing that work as an offering to God? But as our scripture says, it's, it's not only that through our work, through our labors that we honor God, we also honor God in our rest. Because this work faith theology, this uh, work and rest theology that we see means also understanding the limits of our work, when to pause. And this kind of rest, this Sabbath rest that God encourages is not just taking a break. It's not just going out and doing something fun, but it's allowing your soul to rest, to enter into a restful state. Sabbath, as Scripture encourages and as the tradition of uh, the Jewish faith and, and the Christian faith demonstrate, Sabbath takes work. you got to work to enter into that Sabbath place. It takes intention to enter into that place and to allow your soul to rest, to, to pull away from all the work that you've done during the week, to focus on God, to focus on one another, to allow your soul to deeply rest so that you can return to work again. Because again, what um, this creation of work assumes is that work is good, it was meant for human flourishing. It's not something to retreat from. It's something to lean into. And so Sabbath gives us that ability to lean into it and lean into it well. I used to, um, when I was working in Nashville at the Methodist Publishing House, I was, uh, one of my areas of responsibility was HR, the HR department reported to me. And so um, in our weekly staff huddles, I would say to the HR staff, and the thing about HR staff, I mean, it's, it's not always the most fun work, right? I mean, you're, you know, people are constantly call, calling in. I don't understand how my benefits work. I don't understand what's going on in this retirement plan. Uh, somebody at work is annoying me. And so I got to, you know, you got to research this. And so it's, it's, it's all this stuff that is sometimes not the fun stuff. Um, you're hearing complaints of this nature and the other nature. And so I would ask the team every week at the beginning of the meeting, how have you seen God at work at work? And I remember uh, the first week I did it, one of the staff members says, uh, what you mean in this complaint that I'm researching? You're asking me how I see God at work in this? I said, yes, absolutely. I mean, if we're, if, 
if the task of the Christian life is to, to find God in all things, um, yes, how are you finding God at work in all of the work you're doing? What, you mean in this spreadsheet I've been working on all week that's driving me crazy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How have you seen God at work in that activity? And over time, we began to have these conversations about honoring God with our work by how well we do it. So yes, yeah, I've been working this spreadsheet, and I'm just I'm doing it the best I can, and I'm seeking to honor God in it. And I see God there. As I seek to honor the people who are having disagreement, even as I deal with this complaint, um, I, I'm honoring God by the way I, I do this work. And I'm seeking to find God or see God in these people, even people who are having disagreement uh, with one another. Finding God, seeing God at work in all of your work. So that's my challenge to you this week. As you move through this work week, as, as we believe that God has created work and call work good, how, have, how are you seeing God at work in whatever the work that you're given? Be it school, be it in the workforce, be it volunteering, be it at praying uh, for people, be it writing letters to those that you care about. How are you seeing God at work in whatever work you have committed to this week? And then hopefully as we do this, we will remember that all work is an act of worship. And that we do this with all our heart, all our mind, all our soul, all our strength. And may we do so in the spirit of John Coltrane's liner notes in Love Supreme, where he also says, this album, and let's think about the album of our lives, this album is a humble offering to God, an attempt to say, thank you, God, through our work, even as we do in our hearts and with our tongues. And may God help and strengthen all people. May God help and strengthen all of us in every good endeavor. In Christ's holy name, amen. Thanks for listening to our podcast. You can visit us at universityumc.church where you can find services, events, and other ways you can get involved. Remember that we love you. We hope you have a great week. We hope the peace of Christ is with you, and we hope to see you soon.